Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we will be chatting with ESPN Titans reporter, Teron Davenport. Definitely going to get into what's going on with these Tennessee Titans the last few weeks. But before we do that, just a few things to take care of. I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether you're tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or iHeartRadio. And if you're tuning in on any of those different places, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes as soon as they drop. If you're tuning in on Spotify, they do have a rating system there. I definitely would appreciate five stars. Now, if you're tuning in on Apple Podcast. There is a rating system. Again, I'd appreciate five stars. And there's also where you can leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, <clears throat> before I get into the conversation with me and Tehran, I'm going to do my get off your chest segment. Now, of course, that segment can go any and everywhere. Does not have to necessarily stay within the AFC South. And on this one, we definitely won't be staying within the AFC South. Anyone remember a few weeks ago against the Miami Dolphins when the San Francisco 49ers were playing and Jimmy Garoppolo was rolling out and he somehow hurt his ankle. He hurt his ankle getting sacked. Or people thought it was his ankle. It actually was his foot. But in came a guy that no one knew what to expect from or what he could do. That would be Brock Purdy, the rookie from Iowa State. Seventh round draft pick. Actually, his he was the last pick of the 2022 draft. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Comes in to play quarterback. No one knows what to expect. However, he does come in and go 25 of 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Now, this is just to give you a heads up. He came in after the first series of the game and led them to a win and helped, helped lead them to a win, I should say, over the Miami Dolphins. Then it was announced that Jimmy Garoppolo would be out for the season with a foot surgery or foot injury. I'm sorry. Doesn't require surgery. However, you know, news has come out now that he's not going to be able to come back this season. Or, you know, if someone will believe he's going to come back for the playoffs, fine. But they just said three months. But anyway, that I digress. Let's go back to the story. <laughs> All right. Soon as that happened. Many had questions about Brock Purdy. He had a good performance in his first time out, but could he do it when he knows he's the guy? 
when teams have tape on him. Well, he only comes out and does and throws the ball six excuse me, twenty one times, completes it sixteen times, throws another two touchdowns in a thirty five seven route of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then the next question came about. He's got a quick turnaround. He's going on the road. Can he win in his first road game as a starter? The answer is yes, he can. 17 and 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns again. So now the noise is that Brock Purdy might be the guy. He might be this He's looking quite poised. He might end up being the guy. Now, I'm not going to say he couldn't be the guy. There is potential that he could be. There's potential that the 49ers found a diamond in the rough. That is all very true. And he has played very well. But one thing I need some to do, pump the brakes they're saying he's the heir apparent at quarterback and he's going to be the guy. And it's not, hey, hey, I understand. I understand the excitement. I understand the optimism. But this man has only started two games. He Now, you may as well say he played three. I'll give him that. Because Miami, he only missed the first series because, of course, Jimmy G was hurt the first series. However, what I will say is Let's give him time. The true, to me, the true testament of if a guy has staying power in the NFL, especially as a quarterback, is when teams make adjustments to you. Because the more and more Brock Purdy plays, the more and more people will have film on him. And in that case, someone is going to pick up some tendencies that he has. And when that happens... You wonder, how is he going to perform at that point? At that point, if he makes the adjustments to the adjustments made to him, and he's still performing well, and he's doing those things, then you really have a serious uh, quarterback quandary on your hands. You have an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. You have an injured Trey Lance. And you have a Brock Purdy that's showing that he could be the guy as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to downplay his his play it's been pretty good it's been good what i am saying is let's temper some of the expectations here let's temper some of the reactions let's let him develop as a quarterback i mean i'm not saying he's not talented i'm not saying he couldn't be the guy again not saying that I'm just saying, before you start crowning him, allow him to show you even more that he's the guy. I'd much rather be late to the party than early to the party on these situations. So when those adjustments get made and he's able to make those adjustments back to those adjustments and still be successful, then at that point, you know. You've got you one. And I will say, for the 49ers, that would probably be a good thing to have all those different things going your way. It is what it is, and but we'll continue to watch 
Mr. Brock Purdy as he has captivated a lot of the football world within his first last uh, first you know, few weeks as a starter. Again, we'll see. That's been the Get It Off Your Chest segment for this episode. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, you'll hear my conversation with Mr. Teron Davenport on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and uh, we're going to keep it here in Nashville with this episode. We're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans, who was once a hot team and now going through a three-game slide. Here to talk about this on this episode is ESPN Titans reporter Teron Davenport. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Man, I know it's not not up right now. The Titans right now. Woo-wee! Three straight losses. Of course, you know, the first two losses, the Bengals and the uh, Eagles. This last one, shockingly to a lot of people, to the Jaguars. I mean, wow. What is the temperature in the room with the Titans at this point? Well, their whole thing is about turning the page and, and going forward to L.A. And, and facing the Chargers. They understand that this is a loss, that a lot of things didn't go right. But what they're looking to do is keep things on a positive note. You look at what uh, Ryan Tannehill and even uh, Todd Downing said, you know, there's a lot of things that went wrong, but there's a lot that went right. So it's just a focus on being positive and, and, and trying to find – you know, good things from the loss, but more importantly, turning it over to L.A. and, and coming out with a win and stopping the streak. I think that's really uh, the mindset, right? Stop the bleeding and, and roll into the playoffs on, on a high note. And that's where Mike Vrabel had referred to the crossroads. He was talking about that, getting into the playoffs and, and you know, on the street. Right, right. Now, I do want to stay just, you know, with the uh, Jaguars game, just a little bit longer, just kind of uh, talk about a few things there. Now, the team started off very well offensively, and then all of a sudden that one play happened. Like, I've, I've heard you talk about on your show, which uh, talking with TD, if you haven't tuned in to talking with TD, you need to, whether it's on a, a podcast level or you're tuning in on the radio. But you were talking about that turnaround play where uh, Derrick Henry caught the pass, he got spinned around on the screen pass, and then a guy named Shaq laid him out. <laughs> so Shaq Quarterman, course, yeah. Yes, sir. And he, Yeah, uh, I, that was the ball. turning point in the game, honestly. Uh, you know, you look at that. They're driving. 
probably score three points, maybe a touchdown. Either way, they're they're more than likely going to put points on the board, and it's 17-10 or, or 21-10, and, and it's a whole different ball game going into halftime. But instead, the fumble happened, and then you had – and this is a thing also, uh, the turnovers, right? You, you had the opportunity for Roger McCreary to make a big play, but the ball went through his hands. Zay Jones caught it, and now it's, it's, it's 17-14. Jaguars getting the ball back, and there's a lot of life in that locker room during halftime as opposed to how it could have been another one of those here-we-go-again type moments for them. Uh, at halftime, you know, with the score being 17 or, or 21 to 10. Right, right. And, you know, you you, you spoke about it and you spoke about uh, the, the the quote that Kevin Byard caught that caught me was talking about, uh, you know, one boat and all the sails rising with one boat. It was, uh, yeah, I, I, so I you, quote, you, raise just, the, you raise the tide and the boats around you will raise with it. Right, right. I, I completely butchered that quote. Thank you for cleaning it up for me. <laughs> but yeah, just I like the positivity that I'm hearing coming out of the locker room. But you know, of course, it has to happen on the football field too. So you know, getting to the football field, they're missing two key players defensively: David Long Jr. and now Danico Autry is, is practicing, but he isn't officially listed as you know, hey, he's going to play. So what can you just speak to this the loss of those two and what it's meant uh, over the last few games? Well, yeah, Danico Autry first. He was one of those guys that was signed because he brought that dog to the franchise, to the to the defense. And one of the ways I describe Danico Autry, he's a goblin, man. He's a goon. And he's a guy that goes out there and you look on, on the stunts and things that they do. You know, he's that, that trigger guy. And a lot of times all he's supposed to do is just kind of like occupy that tackle. And the guy on the outside, whether it's Mario Edwards, getting back to the Bash brothers that they were in Oakland or whoever it may be, Bud Dupree, whoever, right, looping inside. And so many times you look at the Colts game, right, he got a sack on, on a stunt where, again, his job was just to occupy the, the, the left tackle. He abused the left tackle so bad that he got in position to make the sack himself. So you're losing that, right? You're losing the guy who tips a lot. Look at Travis Kelsey when he had the screen pass and Roger McCreary's first career interception. There's a reason why that ball bounced off of the eight and seven. It's because Autry got a hand on the ball and he changed the trajectory. And as a pass catcher, when, when that ball is tipped and it changes, it's harder to catch it. And that's why that happened. So you look at those, uh, you know, a couple of plays and it's just a lot of them. I mean, the guy still leads the team in sacks and he hasn't played in, in, in two games. So it just lets you know the importance there. Then also when teams focus so much on Jeffrey Simmons, double teaming him, he's the guy that beats the one-on-one. So you have that. But then you look at David Long, right? So with Archer, you're losing the, the the dog. And David Long absolutely has that dog in him too. But you're losing like the fat, the fire and passion and, and, and the fuel. And also, I mean, he was the guy with the green dot on his helmet. And I think you look at a good example of a play, and I talked about this on the show, uh, talking with TD this week. The first touchdown, Evan Ingram's touchdown, I don't think that happens with, with David Long in the game. And it's no slight to Monty Rice. David Long is just a bit more advanced in his ability to diagnose, see what's coming, and, and, and trigger and do things, right? 
it's going to be that way naturally because Long's been in the league longer. But I, I think you look at it, so that play, you had three guys on, on Monty Rice's left. You, you know, there was a, a true crosser, and then there was a, a crosser's kind of stop. And then there was just like another one that, that kind of like was a, a, a hookup route as well. And you have those guys coming at you and Monty Rice. I mean, naturally, like you're a person. you got three guys coming at you this way, one this way. You're going to look more at these three coming this way. And it took him a moment to diagnose what was happening. Whereas David Long in that case, I'm pretty sure that he would have saw those three coming and say, you know what? There's going to be a guy coming underneath. Let me – you know, come down on that. And and Monty Rice diagnosed it just a little bit late and Evan Ingram had already crossed him. And then there was a touch. That's why he was wide open, you know, and there was a touchdown. So that's a good example. I, I think when you, you take David Long out, uh, you're also losing the ability that he brings to the table as far as blitz-wise, coverage-wise, he's really good. And there's a reason why I believe he's going to be around for the next two to three years with this team. I think during the offseason, they, they sign it. Definitely. That's going to be a big conversation too, in yeah. terms of who signs and who leaves. It's uh, always a big conversation here. And uh, there's certainly a gentleman, a large gentleman in the interior that plenty of people are thinking about. But um, getting to the injuries, you've got Traylon Burks, you've got uh, uh, Christian Fulton that, yeah. that actually is, uh, you know, they're injured right now. Uh, I, I don't think they've been practicing this week. No. Um, is there any chances potentially that these two are going to play or just not looking that way at this point? I mean, there's always a chance. Uh, normally we see Fulton in the locker room. I haven't seen him. I mean, the whole thing with the uh, the hamstring that he had, like he's been having a wrap on that leg or a sleeve on that leg all year. Uh, it expanded to the groin and uh, groin injuries are tough, man. They, they're really tough. So I, I don't know that we could expect him to play. Um, tomorrow will tell us a lot. Friday, that is, will tell us a lot if he's out there. Um, but we haven't even seen him in the locker room, so I doubt he plays. Then uh, Burks, you know, the concussion situation is always tough. Uh, he's another one. We haven't seen him in the locker room. Trey Avery is under protocol still, but, you know, we, we've seen him and he's practiced. Whereas Burks, you know, we know that hit was uh, very violent. So uh, and you look at Vrabel's history with concussions. I doubt Burks plays, and that's that's going to be a hurt piece for them. Definitely. And, you know, speaking of just the the weapons offensively, Burks is probably the most dynamic weapon outside of uh, Chica Cuonco. But yeah. um, going into this game against the Chargers, the Chargers are kind of a little bit one-handed themselves in terms of defensively because Joey Bosa is not there. So they have Khalil Mack on one side, Joey Bosa not on the other side. So going into this game, how do you expect uh, them to maybe – do you expect them to maybe move Mac around, kind of try to get him lined up on Dennis Daly perhaps some in this game? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Mac lines up on that side normally. So, I, I mean, I would imagine – but you look both sides, like that's a favorable matchup, whether it's against, you know, a guy who has been a backup his career or a, a rookie, a right tackle, you, you know, and Petit Ferrer. I, I think – Either way. So, yeah, they'll probably bounce them back and forth and try to create those matchups. Um, it's also going to really come down to, you know, the guys on the interior, you know, and, and how they're able to, to to work things. Because you look at what the Chargers like to underbranded Brandon Staley, you know, they want to cover up the center, right, with, with your nose tackle. And he controls the A, both A gaps. And then, you know, your other two guys, they're going to line up between the, the tackle and, and the guard. 
right, and control the the B and C gaps. And then you got Khalil Mack out there, you know, just kind of being helped uh, in, in the uh, up front as well. And the linebackers are able to, to flow and get free hits. And then on top of that, especially against this team, this is all on whiteboard Wednesday, you know, especially against this team that does not have a an established deep threat. You bring those safeties up just a little bit, right? They're going to be at eight yards as opposed to 12 to, to 15 against most teams. So that gives you more guys in that area to stop Derrick Henry. Now, you said about the safeties coming up, and, of course, they'll be creeping towards the line of scrimmage to try to curtail anything that Derrick Henry might get going. What can uh, Ty Downing, I mean, especially without Traylon Burks there, what can Ty Downing kind of scheme up to kind of schematically get his guys open a little bit more? To be honest, you know, I've looked at that a little bit, and sometimes I'm like, you know, he could probably scheme them open a little bit more with kind of bunch sets or crossing patterns or things like that. But what do you see that maybe they could do to actually scheme themselves open? Well, yeah, you work to play action. They've already established the strike route. Now, without – Burks is not as prevalent, but, you know, have uh, Westbrook and Kenny run run the strike route and Robert Woods on a post over top. That's probably the best way to do it. I remember in college we used to call that divide, you know, where you kind of put – you divide the safety. You know, you got to pick, hey, look, man, you're going to jump this post, leave the dig open, or you're going to jump the dig and, and leave the post open. Which one are you going to jump? And you, you put them in a bind. I think that's something that you do. I think also uh, – they need to to work some of the it's just tough because this group of receivers they struggle to beat man coverage create separation and then this offensive line really struggles to protect play action is good cuz it gives you max max uh, protection but when you have max protection guess what you have less guys in routes so can you trust a, a two or three man route you know, a two-man route with a dump off. Can you trust that against a, a Chargers front that has Khalil Mack in it? I don't know if you can. But if if you can, you know, play action, run some scissors, right? You have the post, the post on the, by the man on the outside and, and the uh, the swing, not the swing, but the wheel route or a corner route by number two. So those are different things to attack vertically. Um but it's just hard to attack vertically when you don't have the time to do so. So that's why you play, play action max protection. Yeah. I would like to see, uh, honestly, just thinking about it, uh, you talked about attacking vertically. I'd love to see if uh, racing at math would get uh, an opportunity to go deep, but you know, we'll yeah, see I mean, they, they took a shot. They took a shot um, with racy McMath. Now, one of the things that he has to do is better be able to uh, like draw play uh, pass interference, you know, Sometimes just the art of fighting your way back to the football is it's like it's like a guy who's drawing a charge, right? In in basketball, like, you're getting in position, and I'm not saying flop, but you know, get in position and establish the fact that you're trying to maximize your right to the football. That's something that he has to do, and that's something ah, I wish I would have talked to Rob more about that. Uh, today when we had the position coaches. But, yeah, I mean, that's something that would be big. Yeah, definitely that's uh, something. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional-looking image. 
it's time for you to take control of your image. And you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait, or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423-557-6746. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography. Or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did. And he's got me looking great to look at and as far as defensively the biggest thing i, I look at is uh, you know if they're not able to apply pressure then you expose your your, your cornerbacks and yeah. roger mccreary has, has definitely been a guy that defense excuse me offenses have targeted um in this game i mean what are some things other than you know that they can do to protect them in terms of a pass rush to protect uh roger mccreary out there a little more i mean establish one <laughs> <laughs> impact the passer, get him on the move. But the thing is, you know, they were able to get Trevor Lawrence on the move, and he made some good throws. Uh, also, you look, that offense for the Chargers, they like to get Justin Herbert on the move. There was a play, actually, if you go back to the, uh, the, the Sunday night game. I remember, so they had uh, play action going this way, and Mike Williams was on this side. And Justin Herbert faked it and rolled out this way to his right. And Mike Williams was on the right and he ran a deep over up all the way over. It was kind of, it was almost like a throwback type of situation where it's not a throw that you expect the quarterback to make or and especially expect it to be one that you're asking the quarterback to make. But Justin Herbert with his arm and the ability to, to make plays on the move. You have that. And it, it was it was a big gain. I want to say like a 30 plus yard gain. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember seeing that. And, it, and that's something that, you know, you just an example, right? Quarterback on the move, making a big play. I mean, this guy, Kevin Byers said it like he could on the run, throw the ball 70 yards down the field. That's a true advantage. So, yeah, you want to get the quarterback on the move, but you got to be careful what you ask for with, with Justin Herbert. That's definitely true. Um, you know, in this game, it's, it's going to be a uh, uphill battle, I would say, for the Titans because, uh, of course, the strengths of the uh, the Chargers are, are not necessarily the strengths of the Titans, especially when it comes to the passing game, going against the Titans' uh, defense in terms of the you know their pass defense. And then you got also on the flip side, their passing game is not necessarily great in terms of going against uh, Derwin James and those guys out there. Which you know, more than likely, Derwin James will be out there, but you know, we'll see. Um, so, you know, going into this game, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of ask a few questions. What do you think in terms of uh, yes or no answers, I guess, or, you know, just your thoughts? Uh, Chig Aquanku, uh, I mean, you've seen him flash on the screen a lot. So in this game, do you see him getting maybe uh, a couple splash plays, two splash plays, and maybe a touchdown, or just maybe one splash play? Because, I mean, I love watching him play. I think he's very, very impactful, and a lot of people underrated him, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, Chigakonkwo is a guy that, you know, I was really high on in the draft. He was actually – he and Jelani Woods were my favorite two tight ends. I really like Greg Doltrich as well. Um, 
there's a bunch of tight ends I like, but those two are my favorite ones. I think when you look at not only his confidence, but the confidence that the staff has began to develop with him and the quarterback as well, I think it's only right that the opportunities expand. And I talked to the tight end coach, Luke Steckel, today, and he talked about how, you know, they're looking for more opportunities and ways to get him the football, right? And so naturally when a guy's making plays, you're going to go back to the lab and put some stuff together. It's never too late in the season to unleash a new wrinkle, you know, and, and they had a really good play design to get him the football on the touchdown, the helicopter touchdown, you know, and you'll continue to see his role expand. So I would say yes. Chances are there'll be a, a splash play by a Conquil, especially you look at Derwin James. He didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see what happens Friday. I mean, guys have missed a week of practice and and, and played. Um, if he doesn't play, that's another opportunity because James is a guy that they like to match up against tight ends. And, you know, I, I think that matchup is favorable to the Chargers if, if Derwin plays. So um, I would look at that as, as a possibility. All right, and here's one I got for the defense. They have not forced any turnovers in recent games. Do they at least get one turnover in this game? Yeah, they haven't. Their last turnover, and I asked Shane Bowen about this. You know, their last turnover was week 10. Terrence Mitchell picked off Russell Wilson. <laughs> and it was kind of like a, a gift INT, you know, but nevertheless, it's, it's a turnover. We're in what, week 15? It's been five weeks. They're due. I think, you know, you look at the the Roger McCrary, uh, he had an opportunity to pick it off, but it went through his hands and into Zay Jones' hands for the touchdown. So um, it's been a while. I think, you know, they're going to get that pressure. I think there are things that you could do to confuse Justin Herbert, sell him one pitcher pre-snap and show him another one post-snap, and uh, that could lead to an interception. You know, he will put the ball in harm's way from time to time. So, I say yes, they get a turnover, long story short. All right. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had a 100-yard game last week. Uh, kind of got back on track running the football. Kind of actually didn't get touched in the backfield quite as much running the football yeah. to start the game. In this game, do you see him repeating another 100-yard performance? I do. I think they're going to not force it, but they're going to press that issue to get him um, – Get him going. A, that's their DNA. B, time of possession, ball control, keep away from the opposing offense. It's the best form of defense. So I think they're going to look to do that. Um, I think they will be able to get him going, actually. You look at the Chargers. Uh, they have a unique way of trying to stop the run, but collectively over the year it hasn't been that good. The last couple of games has been better, so we'll see. All right, and then the last one I got for you, the leader of this defense, you know, some say it's Jeffrey Simmons. I'm going to say another leader is Kevin Byard. Now, Kevin Byard hasn't necessarily had the turnovers he would usually have. And some, well, he had this during this all pro season, of course. But mm -hmm. do you think in this game that he is the one that actually forces the big turnover or makes the big turnover? Yeah, I mean, I think he can be. Um, if it were up to me, he would be that one because he would be that guy. I talk about giving Herbert a pitcher pre-snap and 
changing it up post snap. Well, you know what? Show too high. Low. And here's the thing. The Titans use a lot of two man and, and, and two high safety looks. So you got a guy like Byard, who's such a ball hawk, swoop him down into the middle of the field, the robber position, and let him come down and, and you, you know, step in the passing lane of one of those throws to Herbert. Uh, Herbert makes and, and pick it off. And I think that could be a big play. So, yeah, I mean, I think if if they play it the way I think they should, he'll be the guy. I think uh, what's going to end up happening is I think he's going to get one uh, guarding Everett. If Everett plays, of course, I think he gets one on Everett, in my opinion. But uh, I definitely think and then Plus, of course, he's in uh, what L.A. again. <laughs> so this will be this stadium where he had a great pick in a, in a touchdown. First mm. round, so kind of the synergy going on with the same stadium and things like that. So kind of putting two and two together there. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that does have a fact. I doubt it does, but hey, it'd be great if it did. But uh, yeah. All right. You know, I guess I'm a little superstitious in some points, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll have the same socks and gloves on too and sleeve. You never know. Superstition. <laughs> I mean, guys have their, their superstitions, right? You know, they have their, uh, their habits. Right, right, right. And I want to thank you uh, for coming on. We reached the end of our time. I want to, uh, if you want to, tell everyone where they can reach you with all you got going on. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, for sure. Um, ESPN.com, you click on NFL and the Titans page, you can find any Titan stuff. There's actually a post that went up on Thursday in regards to uh, this team bouncing back and what they need to do in order to do so. So definitely check that out. You got Whiteboard Wednesday on the ESPN.com Titans page. Kind of got into it a little bit, the breakdown of uh, the Chargers' ability to defend the run without sacrificing pass uh, defense. Talking with TD, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your your you know good listening, your fine listening materials, you can check me out there. So those are some options, at tdavenport underscore NFL on Twitter. I think it's just Teron Davenport on IG, and there you have it. <laughs> I will tell you, everyone's listening. If you have not listened to Talking with TD, he kind of gets into the intricacies of the game, breaks things down, and he also brings in uh, Mr. Chris Sanders, who is uh, definitely a longtime Titan that everyone pretty much knows in this area. I don't know if they know outside of everybody. With it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have fun with it. Man, man, the announce department always gets me, man. It yeah, always I always try to give them the random name. You get you get two this week, so there's there's two both Atlanta Hawks, but you get two uh, yes two announcements. <laughs> I, I already know where you're going. One of them, man. Yeah. I already know where you're going. Got to be yeah. Mookie. That's right, Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> I call him Mookie every every week on the on the preview. <laughs> it's funny, man. <laughs> Yeah, it is, man. I, I, I definitely love that part, man. That, that, that part has me cracking up every single time. But yeah, it brings uh, me back. <laughs> it brings me back like to my younger days. So when I used to go to Knicks games, you know, as a kid, they never really had like real unique announcements and things like that, you know, pregame. But going to the Sixers games in the early '80s with my aunt when I used to go. They always had the the dope announcements, and then the Bulls started using that music. You know, Dave Zinkoff for the, for the uh, Sixers. Then the Bulls started using the music, and then I always I always loved it. So it's fun to be able to you know kind of kind of uh, replicate that and, and have fun with it. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. It's always fun times. Again, thank you for coming on. Thank everyone for listening. You've been tuning in to Torn AFC South with your host Mike Patton. We're out.